Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. As usual, I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. That's it. Just the two of us, as Will Smith once sang. Um, We are a very depleted panel tonight. Uh, Aaron is missing due to the Door 14 COVID protocol. And John, unfortunately, had to have, I think, was it emergency dental work or something? Or Yeah, had to have another woman's hand in his mouth or something, I heard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's exactly how it was put this morning. As I was driving to Ballymena, and I was like, "Okay, don't crash the car." Um, we hope both of you feel better soon. Um, I think this is unfortunately, I think this is uh, Aaron's second bout of COVID. Um, so hopefully, he doesn't have it just as bad this time around. Um, I know it was going around his house, uh, especially during the big move last week or the week before. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing his office. I know, me too. I was, I know, haven't seen anything yet. Um, we'll just have to wait in suspense for a bit longer. Uh, Dave, how are you doing? You're in a, your new uh, office, your new, new surroundings. Yeah, I'm in the, my new converted office. So it's out of a out of a bedroom into a proper office. Um, it's a, a godsend. Um, I'm sure the audio quality is a little bit better. Maybe a bit of an echo, but uh, there's no kids screaming and shouting in the background. <laughs> just the odd dog wag. You might hear the dog. Yes, that's, it, yeah. that's about it. For anybody who's not watch- who's not uh, watched this right now on our YouTube channel, um, Dave is sitting in his new office um, and it is a beautiful blue wall um, with a nice surroundings around him there. It was, looks good. looks good. Lovely, also- lovely hang- handbag hanging on the door, apparently, which I didn't realize was there. <laughs> um, speaking of other things that are, um, that are inside, uh, I see you're currently wearing um, maybe some counterfeit yeah. products. <laughs> nice, nice counterfeit t-shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get, get it while it's hot, as they say. Uh, definitely hot. Um, looks, looks good. Um, the Giants should definitely be thinking about um, bringing out those because um, I would totally, totally buy one. Uh, I, I don't get it. like the whole, um, especially aren't isn't uh, wasn't the sockies made by Warrior as well. Anyway, yeah, you would think it would be a fairly easy turnaround, but hey ho, hey ho, indeed. Uh, it has been uh, two weeks since our last podcast. Um, we have a few stories. It seems to be quite quiet in the world of ice hockey this week. Uh, well, in some fronts, uh, in some other areas, uh, mainly over across the pond in the States, there's been several news stories that are worth talking about, which we will talk about later on in this episode, both in period two and in period three. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to start the episode as we normally do, and we will run through the current standings in the elite ice hockey league followed by the nhl starting on in the uk uh and the in the pre- uh the premier sports uh elite ice hockey league we have sitting at the top still Sheffield Steelers in first place with 26 games played and 43 points Cardiff are in second at uh, with 29 games played and 41 points and belfast are in third with 26 games played and 38 points nottingham follow then in fourth with 26 games played and 27 points glasgow fifth with 23 games played and 26 no, sorry, 23 games played and 23 points. Guildford in 6th with 27 games played and 23 points. Dundee are in 7th with 24 games played and 21 points. Coventry in 8th with 21 games played and 20 points. Manchester in 9th with 27 games played, 20 points. And 5 Flyers in the bottom still with, 10 game, uh, with 25 games played and 13. 
15 points. Um, Dave, um, th- we usually pass around to each other, but we'll just, I suppose, just have a bit of a, a general chat, get your thoughts in terms of what you're thinking of the standings at the moment. Um, you know, yeah. not much change there at the top. Sheffield, Cardiff still sitting top, or sorry, Sheffield, Cardiff and, and the Giants still sitting there, top three spaces. It uh, doesn't look like there's much movement anytime soon. The, the Yeah, it's um, you're really starting to see that top three pack start to make a bit of a, a push now at the top. Um, 10 points or 11 points now between Giants and Nottingham. Um, it's a bit crazy. Um, I misheard you when you were going through the the, uh, the standings there. I thought you said Shitfield, but uh, obviously oh. not. <laughs> if I did, that was completely accidental and I didn't mean for that to be the one that said, but okay. Um, but yeah, the, again, this the league is, uh, it's a bit of a outlier this this season um it is so competitive um and long may it continue it's the the best way for it to be it's still very strange seeing uh fife so far down the table um because i have to say i think they've been playing really well and just not quite closing out games um a lot of close games a lot of one or two goals uh here or there you know it's um i would love to see them get a bit more in uh and guilford i could have swore they were doing a lot better than they are um, I was about to, something must have happened or something. I don't know. I was about to say they seem to have uh, gone into a bit of a I don't know, like a little bit of a spiral. There, as you were saying, we were we were talking a few weeks ago. And they were sitting in the fourth place, I think, straight after the you know, yeah. kind of in that contention area. But yeah, they've definitely dropped away. And one team as well that has completely climbed since our last chat was Glasgow. Glasgow clan have now yeah. climbed into fifth place. I think if I remember correctly, in our last podcast during our last recording, I think they're maybe sitting down in around eighth or ninth spot. You know, they were they were right yeah. down there. Um, I suppose they had a lot of games to play and. We we were we there was a bit of concern um initially around how were Glasgow going to fulfil all of those dates that they had missed but they seem to be pulling back. They're now in the mix, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty three games played. I mean, there's three games behind. Um, you know, the likes of Sheffield and Belfast and Nottingham. You know, and there are two games above uh, Coventry. I didn't Coventry's COVID protocol must have hit them hard game wise. But yeah, uh, they've fallen back a bit. Yeah, um, as you say, Coventry sitting there in eighth with still with twenty one games played. Um, so you know, obviously, you're looking at what are at eight games difference between the most played games and the least played games. So, yeah, um, it's 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 definitely it's, de- it's definitely turning into a, a, a very interesting um part of the season. Um, but a lot of congestion still, as we've we talked about in previous podcast. Um, you know, and that will hit hard soon for a lot of these teams especially as you mentioned Coventry who I can only imagine they're going to be hit with a lot of games to try and fill in um, in such a short space of time um, so I don't know if there's anything else really to say about the league at the moment um, really no uh, obviously since our last podcast I think the Cardiff game that we in Belfast was in our last and uh, what a game that was yeah um, I didn't watch the, the away leg of that um, obviously it didn't come out the way we wanted but that that home game was like watching um, a proper playoff game, like it was unreal. That um, that that game was definitely for me. There was something special about that game, I, as you say. Something special about that game. I, it was it was a tense, tense game. Um, obviously, it was a very close fought game, but it was yeah. such a tense game. And that obviously, we'll 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 not get into it too much. But you know the the whole controversy, the laptop controversy, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, which I don't think there was actually a laptop used at any point, but I think someone mentioned it as kind of like a tongue in cheek joke, uh, and fans kind of went, "What? Another laptop?" And it was yeah. just it kind of went off the rails a bit. But uh, I think we'll we'll leave laptop gate um where it is and. <laughs> 
<laughs> we won't bring into it much, much more. Um, I, I'll swing across and we'll, we'll, we'll cross the pond and we'll look over towards the, the NHL direction. Um, I'm going to confess I have, um, haven't been able, haven't really focused too much on the NHL in this past, the past, this past two weeks. Um, I just haven't had any time whatsoever to sit down and, and watch any highlights back or watch any of the games. So I, I'm completely, this is all completely new in terms of the, 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 the standings and stuff and how things are progressing over there but we'll start where we need to start we'll look over at the uh, eastern conference first and the metropolitan division uh, sitting top there are the new york rangers with thir- thir- 43 games played and 60 points followed by pittsburgh with 42 games played and 59 points and carolina in third with 39 games played and 50 eight points uh over in atlantic division then florida sit top still with 43 games played at 63 points tampa in second with 43 games played and 61 points and toronto sitting in third still with 39 games played and 55 points wildcard spots currently held by washington and boston uh, over across the country then on the western side of things in the central division colorado sit top with uh, 41 games played and 63 points nashville are in second with 44 games played and 57 points and st louis are sitting in third with 42 games played and 55 points uh, in the pacific division vegas sit top still with uh, 43 games played and 53 points followed closely by anaheim with 45 games played and 50 points and los angeles still sitting in third with 43 games played and 48 points wild card spots are held by minnesota and calgary uh dave minnesota still sitting there uh, in the wild card spots yeah. uh, still, still a lot of games in hand as well um three three wins in the trot and a big win against montreal obviously they're not having a great run right now it was eight one mm-hmm. um it was unreal like it's uh it, it got to the point where uh, i was watching the uh the highlights i didn't get to see it live obviously um but watching the highlights and uh krill was just showboating um he was trying wee backhand shots from between his legs and all like he missed them but like it was just he had so much room in the slot that he could just it looked like an all-star game at one point yeah um there is something wrong in montreal and they really need to have a good good think about it um it's uh it's not often that you see the wild run up a score like that. Um, it's not normally. It's not how they're structured. Um, they're structured with a more defensive game, um, and that's why you usually see a tight game. But eight, eight, eight goals, like tough. Uh, Montreal, as you say, they're looking. They're just awful form. Awful, awful form. Um, you know, it's it's it's. We talk, we talk quite usually. We talk, we talk quite, um, quite normally about you know surprise teams being in cer- certain surprise areas. You know, we talk about the likes of you know I made I made no bones about it last podcast. I said about obviously I highlighted the likes of uh, the LA Kings sitting where they were and how, what a surprise that was. And I talked about you know obviously the likes of the Florida and how how oh, they uh, had yeah. such a good surge this year. And again, you know, no offense and, and no uh, no derogatory offenses towards the Flo- Florida Panthers, but that's not where you expect the team to be because they haven't been there for such a long time. But if we look, if we flip the coin and we look at the other side of things, I mean, you don't expect to see the likes of Montreal sitting in tenth place with 23, 23 points in forty one games on a minus sixty four diff. I mean, it's, uh, I think Chicago as well. Um, it was talking to someone. It was someone online. I'm really certain that the Wild have sweeped the Blackhawks mm. in the league games. Like that's unheard of. Um, that again, they've. They've dropped down, and it's it's that. Are they in a rebuild? Have they decided to tank a few games um, and just see how it goes? Um, you never know. Um, but it, it must be hard for fans to go through that. I know that 
um, Andy, my brother, he's obviously a Detroit fan. Um, and the last couple of seasons, they were dead last for a while, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's a hard watch. Um, but it's, it's that, that they haven't really came out of that, you know, it seems no. to be years now. Yeah. And if we're looking at the other side of the country in terms of the bottom last, we're obviously looking at Arizona and Arizona are having their own difficulties. But we are going to talk about that in period two. I think there's a fresh off the presses news release tonight or <laughs> at least a rumor of a news release or something. But we'll talk about that in period two. But they're just as bad. I think they're maybe only slightly doing worse uh, with a minus 66 differential. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but 24 points. So they're doing slightly better. Um, but again not great not great at all um obviously D, uh, obviously uh john and aaron aren't here to uh discuss their teams and john obviously with nashville still sitting there in contention still sitting in second place um just under colorado um just dropping down one place but philadelphia on a four lot losing winning streak i just seen that oof yeah it's tough um <laughs> all i'll say about toronto is obviously we're we're still holding in um still sitting where we're sitting three game three sitting in third uh we still have i think we're three four games i think maybe potentially or four, yeah at least four games i think behind tampa and florida um so yeah. nothing too concerning you know obviously as someone as john i think it was pointed out in the last podcast you'd rather have the points in the bank than points to gain but you know there's still an argument to be said that you know there's still you still have every opportunity to gain those points and have an upper hand when you have some games in hand so me, you know me and john talk about this every year um this is another thing see that central division um with uh John and I are in it. Um, it it's a complete bloodbath every every year. So we're sitting like the, the wide sitting on fifty three points, which is the same as Vegas, which is top of the Pacific, you know. Mm. And uh, the wild sitting there struggling to get into the the wild card, you know. So it's um, that whole thing's a bit. There seems to be a big discrepancy between the the central and the the Pacific, um, which is always a bit of a nightmare. Um, but it's. It is what it is, and we'll have to we'll just have to work through it. Indeed, um, we will um, obviously be um, getting in towards the well. We're heading towards February next. Uh, we're heading well. We're to till end of January now. We're heading into February, um, and right enough, um, it'll be soon enough. We'll be looking at those spots and those wild card spots in more detail. Um, definitely taking more of attention to them. Um, come towards the tail end of the season when it comes towards uh, March April time. Um, so it is uh, starting to heat up there in the NHL. So we will uh, be keeping an eye on that. Um, Dave, I think that's a roundup really of all of the standings that we need to look at for now. So um, I think what we'll do is we will get stuck uh, into our period one of hockey and start talking uh, some news. Okay, period one is a roundup of just of any of the stories from uh, that are hitting the headlines or getting our attention in the world of ice hockey in the UK. Um, start off, I suppose, um, starting with some good news. Uh, finally, for uh, for a lot of fans, both in Scotland and uh, in Wales, in Cardiff, uh, and that is, of course, that the as of um, since our past recording, the um, Scottish government, the Scottish um, not the government, yeah, the Scottish government, the Scottish. What are they called there? Are they called the Scottish. What are they? Scottish called executive. Exe- are they executive over there? I don't know. I think we're the executive assembly. Anyway. We'll assembly. Yeah, but anyway, they've made it. They made a the COVID. They announced that the COVID nineteen restrictions were to be eased, which meant that all nightclubs and large indoor events would be resuming uh, with social distancing rules being dropped. Uh, this change did come into effect, um, or uh, this past monday so the 24th of january so this coming weekend we'll see a lot of um for the first for the first time since around christmas time um fans of 
uh, both of, of Dundee, Brayhead and Fife, not Brayhead, sorry, Glasgow and Fife, um, being able to <laughs> return to their significant rinks and enjoy hockey uh, in person. Um, obviously, this is this is big, this is big and great news for those teams. I know they they were supported, um, I believe, from a package of finance that came through from Scottish Scottish uh, the Scottish government to help support them in the time whenever they weren't away. I believe that that came through there since our last recording too. Um, but uh, this is just. I suppose, Dave, I mean, this has to be great news and a great sigh of relief for those teams. Yeah, I know that whenever, um, and for us, to be fair, <laughs> uh, with our away trip plans, yeah. um, but it, it must be, like, especially for um, Cardiff, having to play those games behind closed doors. Um, I know that Todd's getting a really nice package out for their season ticket holders. That doesn't really help the people that would have been walk-ups and, and things like that uh, missing out in those games. And they're missing out in revenue. They'll never really get back. Um, I know that they're getting money from the their uh, assembly, but I doubt it's going to match um, their ticket sales. Um, and we know that the Elite League is such a ticket-driven um league or market or whatever you want to put it um but yeah it, it's uh, it's an absolute godsend um cardiff thrive on that uh home experience uh we were at the, the last few games the last game of the big blue tents and it was uh it was bonkers and i'm sure that that's continued on into their their new arena um it makes uh, a massive massive difference when your fans are behind you and it must be so eerie to play with with silence um, I know that whenever the NHL did it, sure they piped in crowd noise and all sorts to make it feel a bit more like a game environment. But I'm sure it's I'm sure it's not the same. No, uh, I, yeah. can, I can imagine for the for those players, I can only imagine what it must be like playing in those rinks. It must be feeling like what it's like whenever they go to like a, a practice rink and they're playing on a practice rink. It must be so weird to think about. As you mentioned, you know, obviously the Welsh government did bring in the restriction, restrictions on the 21st of December, so they have been playing for the last six weeks or so uh, with nothing in terms of the spectators attending the sports. Uh, the first home game for the Cardiff Devils will be this coming weekend. Um, I believe that is on Saturday. Um, I think. Nope, or Friday, I think maybe Friday against Five Flyers, so that'll be this coming Flyers, weekend. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure um Todd will have something special up his sleeve um to welcome everyone back into the the rink or the arena anyway in, in Cardiff there. Uh, but yeah, as you say, Dave, um, it is a bit of a selfish thing for us in terms of we're now pretty much excited in the fact that we had planned our trip to Scotland. Um, we planned it quite a while back um, mm-hmm. and we were planning to do a, a double header of sorts going to see Dundee and Fife um, in February and um, I think it's the second week of February yep uh, and Valentine's, yeah, Valentine's week. Valentine's, we're going to have a nice romantic Valentine's <laughs> weekend together yeah yeah um, um, and I, I guess I can't, to be fair, like. I can't either and now that we know that the games are going ahead we were, were well I suppose we were still going to kind of go and just hang yeah. out at John's house and maybe get the webcast and have some ta- have some takeaway and well no actually he told us we can't get takeaway where he lives you can't get takeaway <laughs> and you can't get a taxi I don't know what sort of place <laughs> this is where are we going uh, we've been before it's okay we've been before they have a nice tavern with like cheaper That's drink so, four seats you know. That's all we need. Um, That's all we need. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we're looking forward to it uh, and we're just really thankful, I suppose, that that's happening. Um, but uh, even more so, I'm sure the fans of those respective teams are a, yeah. a massive sigh of relief to see that come on, along. It's our, is it, your, it's definitely my first time in Dundee. Not Dundee, the city, but in the city before, but first time at a game um, in Dundee. I've never been to the city or a game, so this will be the first time. Um, I think Dundee. I drove through it once, going somewhere. <laughs> this will be the first time so um, um, be good 
looking forward to it. Taking another great ring off the list. Need to get to uh, Coventry at some stage. Yep. And um, take that one off. And also Guildford. Guildford. Yeah. 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 We'll get those done at some um, point in our future. Um, speaking of Guildford, has a nice segue. Um, hey. Hey. It looks like you knew where I was going next. Uh, Guildford um, this week did announce that they um, are releasing a new jersey um, this coming weekend against the Coventry Blaze. Um, so they're going to have a blue replica available on Sunday, the February 20th home match. So there's a couple, two, two team, two um, jerseys coming out, two new jerseys. Now, I... I my question is like they're obviously they're announcing these jerseys and they've done a, a kind of like a jersey launch for these jerseys. Are these special edition anniversary jerseys or are they just general jerseys that they're only launching now? I was a bit confused about this story. Look, they don't really look anything different. Or am I am I a bit blind? Or are they totally different? <laughs> well, they don't, and this is what confused me. Um, so I'm gonna just check it up here because I don't want to sound like I'm dumb. Um, and maybe a, a, a Gifford fan can uh, point us in the right direction. Um, but there is a new jersey coming in. Um, and it's supposed to be. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's that that they. They have never had a. I don't, I don't, I, so the story seems to be that that it's it's a late arrival. Um, I suppose the Flames had finally received their their traditional stitch pro jerseys, normally worn for all league matches, but they have only received them now. Um, so I think my belief in is they've waited thirty five weeks in total for the jerseys to arrive. Um, the designs slightly updated to give a very a different look, but my belief is maybe they've been using a jersey that's an older version jersey up until this point now that was uh-huh. my take on it now i don't know if i'm wrong i think that i think that's what what my take was is that they actually haven't they don't they're doing a jersey launch now because it's you know because they hadn't actually received the jerseys when they were supposed to receive the jerseys at the start of the season now it is a 70 year oh, that's, I... I am confused because it, it does seem to be oh, i a, see the i do see the um there's a thing on the shoulder. 70 year or something. It does seem to be a... 30 year. 30, 30 year. year. Sorry. Is it 30? 30, yeah. 30. So 1991 does, to 2022. It does seem to be a, a a jersey that does seem to be an anniversary jersey. So I don't know if I'm wrong. But from the story that I was reading, I think it might actually be this jersey they're supposed to have from the start of the season, which just never turned up. Um, That's wild. I, no, I could be wrong, um, but what I find more interesting about this, and I think I asked you this question before we come on to the podcast, is we'd always historically always kind of known or kind of always were told, um, or I suppose we were led to believe by others that the Guildford Flames jerseys uh, were shirt off the back, well, auction or shirt off back only, you know, they were only, only auction yeah. jerseys and you were never able to buy a replica jersey, all to do with the whole thing to do with the, the G on the front looking similar to the, the Calgary Flames and, and, and that whole stuff. But they do say in their tweet that they are available for replicas. They are available to order um, and are able to buy. So is it a change of stance? Are Guildford now able to sell their own home jerseys and no longer have you to? Would, you would like to hope so. Um, like, it's a... If that was the case and they weren't allowed to, they've been around for 30 years. Like, you know, if um, someone was going to stop them from using the logo, they would have stepped in long before now, I would assume. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, I'm this again, this is my, my armchair lawyering. Um, <laughs> I'm nearly certain if a company doesn't defend its trademark, they lose the ability to defend that trademark. And if it's been 30 years, well, I would say they haven't defended it <laughs> very well. Um <laughs> 
so it, it uh, you would you would assume that that they've maybe decided just to sell them um, again being around for for so long um, and I think they've had that same logo because mm. um, I found a yeah there's like pictures here from back in the day and they definitely look like slightly different colors but the same logo like so um, yeah you'd assume that that's they're just selling the replicas now um, and thank Christ because remember the auction prices um, used to come out once a year and they were like thousands of pounds for someone. Yeah, I know. And the prices were, we talked about this. Remember, uh, I think it was maybe a couple of years back, maybe about two or three years back. John, at the end of the season, John did a, a tally on of how much the jerseys were selling for in terms of the auction. Right. And it was significantly higher than any other team in the in the Elite, Elite Isaac League. Now, you could say it's just because their fans are hardcore and just want to spend a lot of money on it. But my, but it's it was really <laughs> just because it's hard to come across a jersey, I guess. Um, and I think, you know, that, that was, that was uh, clearly... Um, um, it was clear whenever it came to the, the the amount that was raised from the auction. Um, so yeah, it must be. Uh, finally, they're they're selling some replicas, and I'm sure again, um, that'll be a, a bit of a an easier time, I suppose, for a lot of fans instead of having to wait yeah. until times, certain times of the year. I'm sure a, a Guildford fan will correct us if we were wrong. That yep. no, they've been able to buy replicas all along, and this is just a change in jersey for and, the anniversary or something. Yeah, and <laughs> we were completely wrong. It's, <laughs> it's just that, it's just that someone uh, has obviously led us astray at some point, and we uh, we, be- we believe it. that lie. So, yeah, yeah apologies uh, if we got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one last story for this um, period. Um, this period has flew because there's very little stories going on um well we're gonna, john's not here to distract us we're gonna turn our attention across to uh actually the junior game in the uk um and this is a statement that has been put out by the eiha um over the past well this came out i think yesterday actually or today so it's it's pretty new um but uh as of the statement the statement they have put out has uh, is to do around uh safeguarding and parent behavior at junior games across the uk they stated that over the past few weeks the eiha have received a number of complaints concerning the behavior of minority of parents particularly at junior games around the country the complaints have ranged from uh, general poor behaviour, such as abuse being shouted at children during games, applauding and cheering when a player is down injured, and abuse directed at officials to the most extreme complaint where threats are being made to junior players. They've went on to say these types of behaviour these types of behaviour are unacceptable in any sport, including ice hockey, but even more so when the sport involves children. With this in mind, the elite the EIHA wishes to remind all parents that they sign a code of conduct with their club when they register their children to play, and failing to show, follow the code of conduct and the EIH rules can lead to action against parents, but ultimately their children being unable to play the game of ice hockey. Uh, EIHA director uh, Barry Archer, who is the lead of both disciplinary and safeguarding for the association, has said that it is sad to know that the conduct of minority of our parents is bringing the game into disrepute and affecting the children playing this sport. Ice hockey is a family sport, and children should be able to enjoy playing the game without suffering or being a witness to such poor behavior which we would not accept from very kids playing from these kids playing the game i mean <sighs> that's wild it's it's crazy that they've had to put out a statement i mean you think uh, you know i'm not a parent but i have common sense uh my common sense tells me that if a child is playing a sport and you're watching that sport no matter how passionate you might be about that sport and about your child playing that sport you don't shout abuse at a child no matter what age that child is if they're a junior if they're a minor if they're under age you know and they fall in the category of a junior or a child why would you shout abuse at a child on a night at a game it just doesn't make sense to me whatsoever 
it's such a it's and it's starting to like that sort of mentality yes i get it no i don't get it <laughs> um that sort of you know getting you know a bit riled up fair enough but the one about uh you know cheering whenever a kid goes down injured it's like geez you wouldn't do that at a, a senior game no um and i like the Giants are getting to the point where they, they're becoming a not welcoming place for away teams, but they don't get anywhere near this bad. You know, um, some of this stuff is nuts. And you see it more and more and more, like, all together, like, in different sports and everything. There's this sort of... Um, the, the toxic culture seems to creep in. Um, you see it... Uh, I was watching... I can't remember, it was a stand-up video. Um, and someone came up and started complaining about the the language of the comedian. It's like, well, but, you know, like in the middle of it, got up on stage and all, and just started hurling abuse at the person, mm. you know? And it's just like, well, when did it, when did people suddenly think that they had to have an input into all this stuff? You know, you, you sit back and enjoy it. And the same goes for sport, you know, enjoy the game, cheer along, but, you know, you don't get involved yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's actually something, I'm going to come back to something you did say there um, that I picked up on because I was going to ask this question and it kind of also falls in with a, another announcement that was put out and I just wanted to kind of highlight this announcement too. Another statement that we put out this week in relation to offensive comments and um, I suppose inappropriate comments being made. Um, and you're talking about, you know, the toxic environment that seems to be being created at the moment. I mean, do you do you do you feel that do you do you kind of feel like you know from looking at you know the social media channels, uh, looking at the different forums, um, seeing people interacting with each other in their ranks, do you feel that there is a change to the environment, and do you think it has become a bit more toxic and a bit more like yeah, it it has definitely became um, there. There's obviously the stuff. Um, that came out of uh, Fife, which we're probably not going to go into detail on because we don't want to give that the people that caused that airtime. But you know, they're having to um, is they censor, you know, make a uh, you know a comment that you have to you know be smart, you know, when you say these things online or uh, all that jazz. You're, you you are still responsible for what you write down. Um, like people wouldn't say this some of those stuff to people's faces, uh, but they're happy to hide behind uh, social media. But definitely the I think that that over time, as the leagues got older, there's an element of uh, rivalry that has went from being just a friendly rivalry to people really disliking um, the club, other clubs, um, and then that spills in to to the games. But as long as everyone can leave it at the door, you know, cheer and get on. But then when the game's over, the game's over. There's no point in still badgering on about it yeah um, but yeah it's definitely got um like when we started in the league you would have got the odd person whining and moaning after a game but now it just seems to be entire fan bases are going at each other for the whole evening um until the next game do you know what i mean yeah and i'm not and i'm not saying i'm not saying friendly rivalry and a bit of heated debate and a bit of fa- friendly banter back and forth or you know I'm not saying that that's not appropriate. I'm not saying that that's not wanted because it is, you know, there is a level, there's a certain level that you kind of think to yourself, no, that's fine. You know, we, we, we joke around with other fans. We kind of, you know, have a bit of thing, but at the end of the day, you know, you could still go and have a pint with the person, you know, in the bar, you know, and have a bit of a chat yeah. over the game or whatever it is. Like what you used to do in the past. Uh, well, you can't drink at the moment anyway, because obviously COVID, but, um, 
you know, but it does feel it does seem to be a subtle change or a different feeling towards like what the what the fan group seems to be. And uh, Dave, I will touch upon just what you mentioned there with Fife um, and the Fife Flyers. They did put out a statement. I don't know the full details of what happened um, here and what was said, or you know, I wouldn't really read it anyway, no matter what it is. But the Fife Flyers did have to come out this past weekend and make a statement um, that basically highlighted the fact that they wanted to reinforce that offensive behaviour on social media or personal attacks towards player staff. Um, or staff, I should say, will not be tolerated. Uh, Five Flyers encourages healthy debate on social media platforms. However, if this crosses the line into personal abuse towards staff or volunteers, coaching staff or players, it will not be tolerated in any form and the club will take action deemed necessary. This past weekend, unfortunately, such an incident did occur where said line was crossed and the club will now launch a full investigation into the comments made and the perpetrator will receive lengthy ban from the Five Flyers matches as a result. Five Flyers are a club that prides itself on being the heart of the Fife community and celebrates inclusivity and respect. When comments are made that are completely unacceptable, the club will have an absolute zero tolerance approach. Now, I did see a comment at the past weekend, but I don't know if this is the comment that they're talking about. Um, but the comment didn't come from a Five Flyers fan. Um, it came from a fan from another part of the league, um, and it was a bit. It was it was very inappropriate. Um, towards uh, coaching staff member but I don't know if that was the one you know I don't know if that's what was picked up I, again I don't know the full story about this but I think it's yeah. worth say, saying that it, it does seem to be toxic and as I mentioned before heated heated rivalry friendly banter friendly, friendly rivalry is fine but uh, as you said Dave I mean um, you know comments on social media you might think you're a keyboard yeah. warrior and you might think it's 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 you know you're being tough and big whatever it is right and whatever you want to do behind your keyboard but it'll come back and bite you um yeah. and things yeah. there, there is there does have to be consequences to things that are said i think that the the, the the league as a whole need to sort of think about that as well at the end of the day we you know there is people that disagree there, it is a family sport. There's an awful lot of families go to these games, um, and they they are big chunks of the community, especially in that uh, in, up in that part of Scotland, um, and even and in Belfast as well. Um, you know, there's a an element of if that starts to creep in more and more and more, it'll get harder to root out. Um, you know, as the seasons go on, mm-hmm. um, and when they start making personal attacks um, on on people who, you know, especially uh, staff, staff and coaching staff, you know, these guys are, you know, just they're, they're people at the end of the day. And, the, you know, if you, if I got that sort of abuse at work, you know, you'd be phoning the police. Like, you'd be, uh, you wouldn't be sitting back and having it. No, you wouldn't take it. Um, no. And these people are, because just because they're in a, um, you know, minority in the public eye, um, they're getting hurled abuse at. It's just, it's just not fair. No. Um, and again, you know, what we would say, the one, th- one thing we would state would obviously be for anybody who's listening and hope we'd hope to think the people who are listening and are uh, mostly a similar mind to ourselves and know when the line, when that the cross line and, and, and know where to stop, you know, yourself from saying something wrong. But, you know, just think about what you are saying and how, how much of an impact that can have and how that can follow you, no matter how long, how old you think that that tweet or that comment on on, a, on an instagram or facebook might be um that does have an impact yeah, on if the day if you're not willing to stand over it and say it to the person face to face then it just don't say it and if you're going to go into the political career <laughs> in northern ireland yeah. <laughs> it's, <Yeah. laughs> it's not a political <laughs> podcast but you know it's topical <laughs> anyway um dave i think that is it for stories for this 
um, part of the show right, yeah. period. So with that, what we'll do is we will move swiftly on to our period two of hockey. Hello and uh, welcome back for period two. Um, this is where we'll talk about uh, hockey from around the world. And today, I don't believe we're talking about Evander Kane. No. Nope. Um, because I didn't go looking for anything because I couldn't be bothered talking about him. Um, but I guarantee there's something out there. And if you find it, tweet me it and I'll add it in next uh, podcast. Um, but yes, so there's a few a few things we want to cover off. Um, but I will start with mine because we talked about it briefly in the opener um, with the um, Arizona... No, no. Phoenix Coyotes, Arizona Coyotes. Arizona Coyotes, yep, got it right. Uh, Arizona Coyotes. Um, we know that they've had uh, issues with the the town city that they're based out of and their tax um, bill that they keep forgetting to pay and delay mm-hmm. pay and uh, whatever they're currently done on it. Um, and they're looking to build a new home arena. Um, and as of today yes mm-hmm. today. yep um it has been announced or reported on uh, a few networks um the particular article that we're referring to is from sportsnet in canada um that they are in uh negotiations with arizona uni- uh, arizona state university um to use their multi-purpose 5000 seater arena to play their games out of for the next three to four years until their new arena is built. That is nuts. <laughs> I, uh, you, you sent you sent this through obviously before the the episode onto our our group chat, and I was in the middle. I was I was in the middle. I was in the kitchen in the middle of cooking, and I lifted up and I read the thing, and I was like, and I sat down, and then I lifted my phone again and had a double check, and I was like, is is that? what is that right because uh, i looked at the, the 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 seating capacity and i was thinking to myself how and i think john mentioned this i think he he mentioned it in the response he was like how can an nhl team have a like lower capacity arena than a, an elite ice hockey league team you know what i mean um it's crazy it is unbelievable i mean how how the nhl I, I, I guess it's, it's baffles. It baffles, and you, the the scary thing is, so the these the current uh, official uh, lowest capacity in the in the NHL is the Canadian Life Centre in Winnipeg, at fifteen thousand two hundred ninety four seats. So that would be one third of that. That is crazy. Yeah. And the Coyotes, right? The Coyotes. Um, bearing in mind, this is their, they are the third lowest attended team with an average of 11,575 per game. So they could fill that arena twice. That's crazy. So that puts them above the Ottawa Senators and the uh, Buffalo Sabres currently. Um, but 5,000, like what are they going to be charging per ticket? it's that's i mean you, i mean if one thing one thing will be clear though is that they will be one of the most sought after tickets oh, yeah. <laughs> in the in the nhl only because they have they haven't got enough seats um to, f- to basically 
cover the amount of people who want to go to one game. I mean, it's 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 an interesting take, um, because I'd like to see what the like the NHL Players Association and the NHL themselves, in terms of like you know what what's their take on the fact that it's you know okay the rink itself the the ice pad will meet the standard that they need for to play a game on it. That's fine, okay, but you know, in terms of capacity, in terms of facilities, in terms of everything else. Max is there, yeah, yeah, that's an experience. Yeah. Is there a certain standard that is supposed to be set within the NHL that they will have to make sure they meet? Um, it's an interesting, it's interesting though to think, you know, obviously that, they, that they, this arena that they're going to be um, is an NCAA division team that, that that actually plays out of this arena and this venue um so the whole thing is around like things like you know the dressing rooms training facilities etc you know is there going to be an additional i think this this piece talks about it it talks about that the coyotes would have to construct their own team specific areas um as part of it um which would cost the coyotes a lot of money um i think they're talking around about 15 million to 20 million dollars um just to um bring it up the spec to where they needed to be i mean it's it is what it is. I mean, is it going to yeah. happen? You know, you never know. And obviously, they need they'll need to do something if they decide that they're going to go. If if they get approval for this new arena, they will need to find something to do. Um, whether whether they do this move or not, um, it's it's hard to say. Um, but what would be? I, I, I can't see any advantage. To them doing it other than they don't leave um arizona hmm. um i don't see you know yes okay there's an argument for you know the maybe they'll create scarcity with their tickets and make the products more sought after possibly uh, but i all i think they'll do is they'll give they'll give them a sort of a feel of not being nhl anymore yeah um if that makes sense um and it could have the opposite impact you know that they could end up not selling out a 5,000 seats arena because people are like, well, why would I go to the college to watch an NHL game? You know, sort of tarnish the game night experience a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, you never be, know. You never know. It'd be interesting. Obviously, I think that this piece, and I think there was the rumors have been obviously that this was just a, a temporary move until a more permanent fixture was put in place for, um, you know, um, for the team. But, you know, the Coyotes are, ha- are really having a real struggle at this time. I mean, we've talked about it in previous podcasts, you know, how how likely is it that they, they, they continue any longer than maybe next season? You know, is there are they at risk of, of dropping out of the NHL completely? You know, um would this would this move to a five thousand seat arena, even if it is temporary, place almost like a final nail in the coffin for the team? Or does actually does it suit them better because they'll have they'll make sure they have capacity and as you say maybe the ticket price will just be slightly higher even if the arena that they're going to be using is maybe less of a, a high spec standard than what fans are already used to. It's uh, yeah, it's going to be time will tell. Um, what in my opinion, um, the they really should take sort of the bull by the horns and decide. Obviously, there's no we don't know whether this new arena in Tempe. Is even going to get approval? Um, this is still up in the air. Um, John mentioned it uh, in the last podcast that they were still waiting for uh, some of the approvals to come mm. in, um, and it's still waiting so far. Still hasn't been been confirmed. Um, but as far as I'm aware, it's they're going for more of a um, 
sort of sports city. I think they're going near the American football uh, stadium and stuff. So we'll see um, what, 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 where it all, it all pans out. But if the approval doesn't come through, best thing for, for Phoenix at this stage, or, uh, Arizona at this stage, is to up sticks. Yeah, plenty of places will take a franchise, even for a couple of years. Um, you know, if you're lifting the franchise and moving it somewhere, really doesn't take much. Um, and even if they were to do it for, you know, two or three seasons while that rink gets built, they yep. can always move back. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Um, and it could test the market for the NHL as well. You know, if they moved to, um, I don't know, Kansas or Quebec, um, and if it if it, if it works, they sell then. You know, it's basically a proven hockey market then for an expansion again. Um, all right, that is my contribution to this week's podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll 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 cover off the rest if you want. I think there's uh, one or That'll two. Do. I think there's one from from John which we'll cover in a few minutes. But uh, I'll take mine. I'll start with mine first. Uh, I'm going to start with the the story, obviously, that um, came out this week. Uh, it was just announced yesterday, actually, the 26th of January, and that is obviously the announcement that Patrick Alvin uh, it was officially been named the Canucks GM. He'll be the 12th GM in Vancouver Canucks history. Uh, he will be effective leaving Pittsburgh Penguins to take on this position. Uh, Patrick is, uh, is um, obviously, he's, he will become the second European NHL GM, uh, just behind the Columbus Blue Jackets boss, uh, Jarmo Kerkeliminimin? I don't know how to say his surname. John, where are you? John usually does this first. I know. Um, <laughs> Obviously, Alvin started his career uh, as a European scout with Montreal in 2002-2003 before joining Pittsburgh in 2006-2007. He was promoted to the Director of European Scouting in 2012-13 and he's been the Director of Amateur Scouting in 2017-18 and 18, as well as the Assistant GM in 2020 and 2021. Alvin uh, will fill in for Jim Rutherford as Interim GM last year where, before Ron Hextel took over. Um, so this will be his first official GM gig in the NHL um, and this will be an interesting move then for him to take on a full GM position uh, up there in Vancouver. Um, so hopefully um, he makes his statement quite quickly and uh, works for him um, and also that the Can- uh, Canucks can um, make use of that uh, and that new signing. So that's the first story um, that caught my attention. Um, I say that was yesterday that was announced. Uh, my next one, um, obviously, this would have probably been something that uh, Aaron would have brought to the table if he had have been here, but unfortunately, he's not. Uh, and that is obviously that the Flyers player Keith Yandel uh, this week broke a NHL record, um, having played nine hundred and sixty-five games back to back straight games since 2009 so he's the first player obviously to reach that figure um, breaking the previous figure uh, which was 964 I believe obviously if he's now broke that one um, <laughs> the NHL they they, 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 they obviously record it as uh, an iron man as they call it um, the I suppose he broke that record um, after playing the Islanders um, this past weekend um, the date as I say did start on the 26th of March 2009 um, which was his third season in the NHL. Um, he did pass Doug Jarvis, who was the previous record holder uh, for that, who didn't miss a single season game from October 8th, 1975 to October 10th, 1987. But that was across multiple teams. This is for uh, singular teams. Uh, the interim coach, Mike Yo spoke highly.
Shelley about yeah. Yandel setting the new mark. Uh, he did say it's an incredible accomplishment. Number one, you have to love the game. You have to battle through sickness, injuries, uh, a level of professionalism to come to the rink every day and be ready to go. Uh, great teammate. And he thought it was a hell of a game tonight. So he had to have a good game. Uh, but there you go. Um it's, it's crazy. Mike Gill just said the truth. Like, yeah, um, he he does hold, hold that position. Um, another record breaker right behind him is uh, Phil Kessel, who is thirty four, has the second longest streak, which is at nine hundred and forty one games. So it'll be uh, time will tell if he will hold on to that spot for much longer. So uh, he is close on his tail, Phil Kessel. So hopefully, as long as Phil doesn't get injured or sick in the next coming few weeks, he might actually surpass that mark um you never know time will tell i suppose the difference will be that um obviously uh this the difference is that the the yandel has been with the flyers for such a long time and a lot of those games were played with that one team rather than moving around so time will tell we'll see if at the end of the season we'll be talking again about another broken broken record um um and that's that story the last story I have is courtesy of John, and it's just a, a quick mention, really. Um, this past week, uh, the St. Louis Blues did retire um, the jersey of uh, Chris Pronger. Um, this was obviously a ceremony that was waiting to happen. Um, he is a great player. He's one of the greats of, of all time within ice hockey, and he's been known as so. Uh, but I think what really struck John or what caught John and what caught the attention of a lot of people is that uh, during his uh, acceptance speech or during his, his talk with it, he uh, downed a, a beer as he was drinking it, as he was uh, coming to do the, the, the his speech. So um, fair play to him. He opened up a, a bud. I think it was Bud Light. Well, you know, we'll call it beer in inverted commas. Um, I was just <laughs> down in it as he was giving his speech as his uh, jersey was retired. So fair play um, to one of the greats. And it was good to see his jersey being retired. I was just watching the video. There it is. It's it's pretty, it's pretty cool. <laughs> we do have, Dave, um, before we leave this period, I suppose we do have uh, one last part, which is obviously in our penalty box segment. Um, so if you're happy enough, what we'll do is maybe have a chat about the penalty box segment before we move on to period three. Dave, we have one story, um, one DOPS um, assessment that has taken place. Um, and actually, this was uh, announced this morning, um, January 27th um, here in the UK. Uh, and that is obviously, of course, I don't know if you've seen this hit Um if you haven't, have a quick watch of it. But this is Sabres goalie Aaron Dell has been suspended for three games for a hit that injured Drake Batherson. Uh, Drake Batherson was obviously uh, named to the uh, All-Star weekend coming up and he's obviously had to uh, come out due to injury um, and he's going to be replaced. Um, there's a point where it's it's an unexpected an shoulder check from Dell um, in a situation that looks when you watch it back you can see that it is a hit that takes him by surprise and he travels at high speed into the boards behind him um he did suffer a high ankle sprain yeah i'm guessing you just watched it uh he is expected to be out uh, quite long term and ottawa's leading goal scorer um he is Ottawa's leading goal scorer, 13 goals and 34 points in 31 games so far this season. And he was, as I mentioned, selected to the NHL All-Star game. He's going to be replaced by Brad Tushuk um, due to the injury. Um, I mean, if you look at this, That's I mean, desperate look. it's a really bad call. I mean, the thing is, when you look at it, you're not expecting a goalie to make a hit like this. Um, but he, the fact that the goalie does come out to play the puck, 
he he clearly looks up ice. Um, he looks up ice. He does see. Uh, you know, he does. He does see Batherson coming up towards him, and he just puts his shoulder. When I say puts his shoulder, he puts his shoulder in, and I mean turns his body right in. And my my take on it from watching the video, um, especially when you watch the slow mo, you can clearly see that Batherson is doing a large angle or trying to do a large angle to go around Bell Dell, like, and you can see him curve around to try Bell and walks around. into it now. And and Bell Dell just walks into it. He just like he just thinks he's he's just looking at it and going to himself. I'm stopping him in his tracks. And he throws that shoulder right round in quite a quite a aggressive way. And yeah, Batherson just loses control and, and and hits those boards at quite a high speed, high impact speed. It's also not the first uh, first time uh, Dell's done this. Um, so he he's done it a, a bunch of times in his career. Um, he's known to be a very physical goalie. Um, that's something you, we sort of know about him, but. He does seem to take uh, that into his own hands as the as it goes on. Um, I think there was um, there's at least two or three more occasions where it's happened. Um, I'll see if I can find the videos. Um, I find actually find one here. Um, over the years, he seems to have sort of been. There's one in September uh, 2019 when he played for the um, the Sharks mm-hmm. um, against the. Uh, the Knights, he'd done something very similar. Um, but instead of it being so close to the net, it's actually out near the trapezoid. Uh, and the same thing, it's uh, Mark Stone is trying to swing around him and he just doesn't see him, steps into him uh, and leaves Stone. The exact same thing, just flat, flails into the boards uh, because the, the one Stone doesn't have the puck so it's uh, you know it's an interference call, and he is chasing down the puck. It's a free puck in the behind the the goalie, mm. and he just steps in, shoulder charge, takes a picked. and then um, there's this one in December 2018 where he uh, trips a um, Calgary Flames player um, as he skates past him to get a free puck in the corner, um, and I think. Based on that, now you didn't get any bans for those, but like I found that on a quick uh, YouTube search, mm. the the uh, dops should take all that into account and should be making a marker on them. You know, you can't have yes, goalies are players too, and they can get involved, but they can only get involved within their own remit if they want to go and check um, a player to get the puck off him. Feel free, but don't complain if you get you get checked back when you have the puck. Yeah. Um, so yeah two games very soft um, one based on how that hit looks it looks a bit looks nasty uh, and two it's it's not a first offence um, as much as he hasn't got banned for any of it um, it's definitely not his first time that this has happened in his career that he's taken uh, the decision into his own hands um, and taken out a player um, so hopefully the uh, actually looks like there's one one this season Um as well against the uh Nashville Preds um where he checked the guy along the boards so you know all this should be taken into consideration um he's he's a and out of the four I found on a quick search three of them in my opinion were were illegal um including the uh not including the one he done um that got him the ban um and they should take out the account should be more than three 
Um, no, he I, should be made to think about what he's done, really, you know, basically like a naughty child, you know. I agree. Um, I mean, that's the only way they're going to work it out. I, I agree. I think, I mean, it's it's rare. It's it is rare that we see such aggressive play from a goalie. We don't we don't see it often, and we do and when we do see play from goalie like this. It's usually more of a a subtlety, a subtle kind of move, or a subtle kind of you know interference or whatever it might be. Yeah, but or, in, or a nice book check on a puck. Or yeah, something but like in that. this in this case, it just it was so blatant um, that three games for me, I you know okay, some people will say that's actually enough, and he was fined as well. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I, I kind of say, I kind of get what you say, Dave, in terms of the feeling as well, is that there does seem to be a history that seems to be, um, this seems to be a consistent thing with them. Um, and yeah, I think maybe, maybe a slightly longer, higher, maybe just even another two games, maybe five game ban altogether. I don't uh, know. Five, five game ban, um, or even, even if, like, I know one game's nothing, but um, there's a, a logical thing where you see three games it doesn't feel like a big ban but as soon as you get the four five or six they're mm. looking like proper significant bans yeah um but yeah it, it, again i think it's become the the man the mantra for this uh, episode is the time will tell if it actually makes a difference you know if he comes out of this three games and then first thing he does is wipe someone out then it didn't work or yeah. if he if he ends the rest of his career without doing it then happy days you know <laughs> Indeed. um it's uh it's all within his control um and as a goalie he's probably in a better position not to hurt players yep and um, than any other player on the ice um if he uh, plays smart and doesn't um do anything stupid um it doesn't take it into his own hands he'll not hurt anyone um you know there's very unlikely that he'll accidentally you know do a check in a wrong way and injure someone um, as a goalie. So it's uh, it's all in his hands, um, and hopefully um, it all works out. And um, your your man's ankle doesn't uh, uh, gets better soon and all that. But ankle injuries in hockey are, are a good idea. Nope, uh, it could be a long term, and also I think more devastating is the fact. Obviously, he gets taken out of the All Star game, which is coming up quite soon. Actually, at the end of this month, I think is it next weekend. I think potentially it's usually the end of January. That's right. So, okay, that's it. That's that, Dave. I think that's yeah, the end. Yeah, of... I think that's everything, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. Okay. Uh, that'll, that's us rounding up period two of hockey. And with John absent this week, uh, I will take over hosting duties for period three. Uh, period three is our general knocky news. Uh, this is the period where we just talk about any other stories that have hit the headlines or are getting our attention um, just across the world of hockey, um, be that anywhere at all in this world. Um, I'm going to start off, Dave, um, with pretty, uh, I suppose, a pretty heavy story to start with. Um because, but it's it's worth we have to talk about it because obviously it has hit the headlines uh, on all major news channels. Uh, we've had um, obviously NHL stars comment on this, and we are seeing a as a result as well on the hockey news as well. It was released tonight was that the uh, player in question uh, has received a lengthy ban as a result of the incident that did happen. But not only that, we're also seeing uh, two instance of a similar vein um i suppose they kind of 
instead of being so vague about it, I suppose let's talk uh, about what that is. Uh, we talk about a lot in ice hockey um, and the NHL themselves as well and across, right across the board. Um, and we just had a Pride weekend and Pride weekend, not just a Pride weekend for LGBTQ, but we also talk about hockey is for everyone. We talk about equality as part of that. We talk about uh, race and we talk about everything else. And this is a... A per example of, or an example of why, I suppose I should say, this is a good example of the reasons why the NHL and the likes of other leagues across the world do what they do in terms of trying to promote equality across the sport and how they try to really drive home that this sport is for everyone. And this is obviously a minor league hockey game um, which uh, took place in the East Coast Hockey League, so the ECHL, uh, Jacksonville Icemen and the South Carolina Stingrays in Florida. Um where there was a incident where Iceman defenseman uh, Jacob Pane- uh, Panetti or Panetta uh, was gesturing at the Stingrays Jordan Subban. Now Jordan Subban's name sounds familiar. That is because he is the younger brother of New York New Jersey Devils defenseman PK Subban. Um, as what happened, if you watch the video, um, which we you know we would say you know we don't condone obviously what has happened, but it's worth to see is that it was a what has been deemed as a racist monkey gesture towards um, obviously Jordan Subban, who is a black player. Um, the incident took place this past weekend. Um, however, I suppose I suppose some arguments were made in that uh, Panetta then came onto his own personal Twitter, his own personal social media uh, and said that his actions were not racially motivated in any way, that he was just taunting with a tough guy bodybuilder like gesture towards Subban. Now, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. And the fact that um, Panetta took down his post um, shortly after putting it up would indicate that maybe he, maybe is taking a bit of, maybe a bit of uh, an ex- maybe taking a bit of responsibility for the fact that maybe he was lying. I don't know. We don't know. We can only surmise what was happening. Uh, PK did come out um, and said uh, it did come out on his own personal Twitter. Um, with a comment uh, that just said, they don't call the East Coast League the jungle because my brother and other plaque players are the monkeys. Uh, hey, Jacob Panetta, you shouldn't be so quick to delete your tweet tweets or your tw- or your Instagram account. Um, as you'll probably uh, to play again. That's what history will tell us. Um, and he did post it and he did say that it was an unbelievable thing to do. Um, he did come out then and f- make a further statement just saying that um, obviously that it was... Um, that he believes it was racially motivated and no apology will ever work. Uh, Pineda, as I say, he did uh, apologize for his actions, but they were um, removed for whatever reason he did. Now, as a result of this um, and after this happening, um, as of this evening, I think it was actually only two hours ago that this was announced, the ECHL has reached a verdict um, on Jacob Panetta and the incident. Um, and they have announced that they have suspended the player for... 38 games which means it's the remainder of the regular season in the ECHL um I mean I, I did read but I don't know I can't find if this is um I don't know if there's any real thing to this because the only place I read this was on for straight strangely the only place I read the story that any additional part of this was on the Daily Mail website which is really weird to see <laughs> Daily Mail talk about ice hockey but they had they've stated that he um he's been released by his team but did did we see any official statement coming from their team to say that they um, released? I didn't see anything. Um, I just seen the thing about the suspension. Um, and know the Daily Mail, they're um, a special special breed of news. Um, so that might be just to get people to click on it. Um, but 
yeah, I haven't seen any any further uh, on that other than the uh, being uh, suspended to the end of the regular season. Regular season. I mean, as I mentioned, uh, this is the second racial uh, attack or second racial incident to happen in professional hockey um, in the past two weeks. Um, similar, similar, similarly in the AHL. Um, San Jose Barracuda, for, uh, Barracuda forward Christoph uh, Herbrick. Um, he has received a thirty-game ban for directly a direct f- racial gesture towards uh, the Tuscan uh, Roadrunners forward Bogos Ima. Uh, during a game on that night, the uh, there was a racial slur sent his direction, um, which has earned him a a suspension. Um, as I say, it's thirty games for directing that gesture towards. The, the player i mean i don't want to sound like it don't want to sound like it's it's rife at the moment but it does seem to be a, a common story that we've talked about over the last few months um there just seems to be a lot yeah, there's one at the start of the season as well wasn't there, there was. in, mm-hmm. um belarus or something yep um it, it's uh, it's disgusting and it's hard to see this happening in uh just now like these things just seem yeah, they, they do a lot of work to root, to try and root this out and then people do this sort of thing and it's just it's hard to it's hard to quantify um and it's as a um you know being whiter than white that i am you know it's hard for it to be in uh, those players shoes that how they uh have to deal with this day and daily um and it just gives me um, so much pride to see how well um, these guys are playing, um, even though they're having to go through all this uh, stuff in the background, um, just to play a game they love. Um, yeah. And hopefully, with the continued work with the, the hockey is for everyone, and that they're cracking down hard on these people, that uh, we can get uh, these uh, racists out of out of sport. Um, and it's. You know, we know that we we bang on about there's no place for them and all this, but somehow they keep coming back. Um, and uh, you know, I know that the the sport can only do so much. This is obviously a, a cultural thing that these people are being brought up in. Um, and you know, there needs to be a hell of a lot more done. Um, and obviously, that now spans you know international politics and uh, uh, that needs to be addressed. It's not a single country thing or a single sport thing this is happening unfortunately everywhere um and and in every sport and it's uh it's sickening um to see that it's still happening in 2021 or 22 exactly Uh, i mean uh in a joint statement san jose barracuda and the the sharks association as well the sharks organization as well did put out a statement that did state uh both the barracuda and san jose shark organizations were appalled to learn of this incident of the incident that occurred we offer our sincerest apologies to boko the roadrunners organization the ahl our fans and the entire hockey community while we support the ability for individuals to atone and learn from disrespectful incidents in this context, these actions are in direct opposition to the Barracuda and Sharks organizational values. In connection with the NHL's league-wide effort to foster an inclusive culture in hockey, San Jose Sharks and San Jose Barracuda will partner with the Respect Group to launch a series of training and workshops for personnel and all players. So obviously they're 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 making amends and they're making steps to try and bring in some kind of form of uh, awareness raising, um, which you know can only be a good thing. But um, 
I mean, it's 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 as you said, and as and as we've talked about, it just seems to be that it just you, know, you can't imagine how difficult it must be, um, yeah. to be you know a black player um in a professional sport to think you know you're at a professional level that that isn't going to happen to then at your workplace almost you know as you're doing your job getting yeah. racial abuse yeah. hurled at you it's just not on it's just not on at all no uh, and I, I, like i can only imagine what it would be like to walk a mile in their shoes but uh i think that they've got they're made of sterner stuff than than i would be um and uh, as i said i applaud uh all the all the black players in sport that have to go through this but continue um to to put uh, to strive forward to be beacons of their community yeah yeah um i'm gonna move on um from that story and i'm gonna finish off this uh period with two pretty good stories two two cheerier cheerier stories shall we say uh the first one i'm gonna raise uh was um put through from aaron even though he's not here he did send us through to us to um to look at uh, and this is this past weekend, the Hershey Bears had their teddy bear toss. Um, now, I don't know if it's just that the teddy bear toss was this past night um, was late because normally, obviously, the teddy bear toss does happen. um does usually happen around Christmas time, but they they usually have the Hershey Bears always do this um, this around an annual charity game in Pennsylvania, and it happened this past weekend. It has set a new world record for the number of stuffed animals that have been thrown on the ice. Um, more than fifty two thousand three hundred stuffed animals of all shapes and sizes were thrown from the stands seconds after the first goal of the game between the Hershey Bears and the Hartford Wolfpack. Um, uh, and so basically yeah i mean if you haven't seen it if you haven't seen the scenes we would totally suggest um either going on our website later on and look at the video or check out on twitter and just search for the hershey bears uh teddy bear toss uh, for 2022 as it will as it is uh, i mean it is ridiculous i it's i've never seen anything like it look we've seen it before i mean i think these guys had the previous record um but this is this is something else. I mean, and what we should put in context is, um, if you think about the number of bears that I just said were thrown onto the ice. So what did I say? I said there was fifty two thousand, roughly fifty two thousand three hundred bears, and the attendance for the game was ten thousand five hundred. Uh, I mean, crazy, crazy. Um, uh, it's uh, it's always amazing to see like the giants do it. And it's you know it's fun and all, but see when you see it in these places. Um, it's like just waves of teddy bears coming down and um, it just seems to keep going and going and going. It's unreal. And then there's a video as there with one of the, the players. There's that many. He goes and jumps into it yeah. at one point. It's just crazy. It's unbelievable. But yeah, I'd definitely say it's worth a watch, especially if you just want to see if you want to give yourself a smile because it is such a fun to watch. Um, we should mention that as part of the club, uh, the club, uh, it's it's part of the club's initiative called the um, Burge Curs Initiative, um, which highlights teams, just activities and volunteer efforts that they obviously then will donate those stuffed animals to more than 25 different local organizations in and around the area. This includes uh, county children's youth organizations, um Boys and Girls Groups of America in Hasburg, the Lions Clubs, Autism Society in the Greater Harsburg area, uh, Children's Miracle Network, as well as a number of different hospital areas as well. So they will all go to uh, good places. Um, but yes, it's just amazing. Um, and again, just another good example of what the Hershey Bears do um, um, uh, on, uh, for, as part of their community there. Because um, we do talk about the Hershey Bears, I feel like, quite a lot for their for the stuff that they do. Um. Last story for this period for um for period three, and this is one actually that caught my attention um 
and I I kind of wanted to bring it in. Um, this is actually for from a small a small t- a small league um, in the states called the SPHL, which I think is the Southern Pacific uh, Hockey League, if I remember correctly, for the SPHL. Um, this is for a team called the Quad City Storm, um, who are who are basically every year I didn't realize they did this and it was something that was very different. Now we've talked in the past about um different things that teams do and we talked last peer, last uh episode all about the um you know the efforts that um one of the teams in the states went to for their annual um pride night and they painted the ice with the, obviously the pride colors they had the rainbow and everything in the colors and we've seen it previously with the same team and we've seen with other teams where when it comes to the hockey fights cancer nights they will paint the ice rink pink or you know a special jersey or whatever that might be now the quad city storm Obviously, last year, I don't think they were able to do it because of COVID regulations, because obviously COVID stopped everything. So the last video I was able to find of this was 2019. But this is an annual tradition that the Quad City Storm have started doing, and that is their annual Fights Cancer Night. And what they do is they invite fans of the team um, to come down to the rink and paint the name of a friend or loved one who has either battled cancer or has lost their battle with cancer and to put their names uh, and a gesture or something onto the ice, which will then be flooded after they've painted it on and it will remain on the ice for that whole game for the Hockey Fights Cancer Night. I just thought I seen this and I got chills when I seen it. And I, when I watched the video on Facebook, uh, on their Facebook page, and I watched the, 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 the footage from 2019 and seeing all of the people just on there, you know, um, painting those names on, ma- making me- memorials towards people who have passed away or people who have survived cancer. It's just something different. And I just thought, you know, yes, you can see, you know, you've got the pink ice and you've got whatever it is, but there's just something about this that just, Two things made it very yeah. personal, made it very personal, very, very personal. And secondly, it really pulled in a very community atmosphere. You can tell that this, this team is heart of a community. And yeah. I think that really shines for, through. And there was a, there was a link. Yeah. Unfortunately, the link didn't work, Dave, um, because there was a link. If you go and search it, um, you will see it. There's a drone shot or like a, like a, um, a shot taken from, you know, obviously from ceiling down over the ice. And when you see the whole thing from the ceiling down, it is just, it's out of this world. It looks fantastic. Um, and I just think this is a really good idea. And, you know, I think others should maybe steal a similar idea and maybe do something similar. Um, and But at least obviously give Quad City Storm um, their kudos for, for coming up with this first. Yeah, no, that's, uh, it's a something special. I was looking at it there, you know, it's... Um, almost brought a bit of a tear to my eye you know it's, it's such a lovely way to um put across your own personal tributes to people who've um survived or have passed um from from cancer um because i know that everybody um has uh, some sort of uh, interaction with the the unfortunate disease and it, it, it is a very personal thing but it's a nice way to share that with your community um you know people who have survived or people who have passed and it means that you can sort of build support from from that community as well you know and um, there is a like yes the the hockey fights cancer and the pink the rink and, and all that um do a great it's a great way to raise money um but sometimes it's not just about the money it's about the the people um and this is a lovely way to to see it um it's yeah, it's great. It's a brilliant idea. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good story to end um, period three and our knocking news on. Um, and so with that, we will move on to um, our next segment for this show. Normally, uh, tradition states we would usually move on to our uh, star competition um, for this episode but um we don't have anything pulled together and because there's only a depleted team and there's only me and dave um we don't have did you, enough did you win last week's i won't i was podcast? just about to say i will talk about last week's um <laughs> we did uh we did have our star competition uh last episode um dave you nominated jackson whistle from the belfast giants john uh he nominated lewis hook as well from the belfast giants and i nominated nadia Popa Pavi, um, who was the lady who discovered the cancerous um, growth on the back of the coach, um, coach's neck from the bench. And obviously then she um, saved his life in some ways. And I nominated her. And that is the winner for last week. So I get to um, hold on to the Door 14 star. Well deserved. Um, After, as soon as you announced who you were picking, I was like, well, that's me done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of thinking, you know, if anybody else picks that over someone who actually saved someone's life, you know, what are they thinking? Yeah, Um, something wrong with them. But uh, we, as I say, we haven't had a chance to um, put together a stars for this week. And obviously then we are short benched. um, So we don't have anything for this week in terms of our star segment. So what we will do is we'll just move on to our final segment for this episode, which is our overtime segment okay our overtime segment is just anything else to wrap up this episode um that might be in the form of a story it might be in the form of something we want to mention or it might be in the form of taking questions from you guys or any questions that have come in through our social media channels there is two bits uh dave that i want to um bring up in this section first one is a question that we've received um uh, that someone wants to get our thoughts on and the second one i will talk at the end about so we'll start off with the question that came in um from our twitter account um and this is from um good friend of ours um i know john has had a chat with this guy previously as well and i know um he listens quite well and i listen we listen to a lot of his stuff too and it is banners on the wall um they have he sent in a question to pose to us well me and you i suppose because there's only the two of us this week um but he is asking the question he's asking is um three players three junior players um currently uh playing obviously in the um nihl um bailey herwood jack hopkins and brandon whistle uh three great players each with their own um have, having their own standout performances this season uh he wants to know out of those three players who do we see will debut for the gb senior team first um Ooh. so yeah, i that's a tough one I'll, I'll go first um only because um i i think yeah i'll go first just because i've been thinking about this and when i when the question came in and i think i'd already been thinking about this um prior for me i mean I suppose the senior team who hasn't debuted out of these three. I mean, Brandon Whistle for me um, has had a almost like a resurgence, resurgence, almost like a. I don't. I don't know if I want to say like he's just had this. I don't know if it's just been this change, this confidence build. He has put in. He's he's been in another gear right now. Um, you know, playing for the Telford Tigers, the Leeds Knights, you know, for, in the NIHL, you know, 37 games for the Telford Tigers uh, with 50, you know, with, yes, 37 games, 22 goals, 20, 37 assists, 24 penalty minutes, you know, 
I mean, total points, 59, 57 points last season for the Leeds Knights. He has had a stellar season and a stellar breakout from, obviously he had a rocky start. Obviously he's brought in as part of, I don't know if it was like a, a brother's agreement. Um Dude. Two for one deal. Two for one deal with the Sheffield Steelers back in 2018-19 when both him and Jackson were playing for the Sheffield Steelers. Um, but he came into a lot of fire back then and I think his confidence probably hit quite a lot as well. Just around things like his fitness and his, his ability, I think, was it was came into a lot of fire and a lot of fans are quite aggressive towards things that were said about him but he has really shown he's really came to form over the last, last definitely over this last two seasons um, and I did see that um, I think the Sheffield Steelers did pick him up again, have picked him up again for um, the last four, for at least four games so far this season. Um, and he's had one assist there um, while he's with them. But I mean, stellar player, I think, um, in terms of, um, you know, in terms of the position that he's playing in, um, you know, I don't know. Um, the other player for me, I'd say, so for me, I think Brandon Whistle, I think is, is 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 bound to show up at some point. I mean, given his age, he is slightly older than the other two. He is twenty four. Um, Jack, Jack Hopkins is seventeen, and uh, Bailey is eighteen. So I think maybe a bit more, you know, a bit more mature, not maturity, a bit more, a bit more chances to um, develop, I suppose, for those two before we see them coming in. Obviously, both those players playing for. Uh, elite league teams um covering up maybe injury cover or whatever it might be uh bailey hardwood with the cardiff devils and jack hopkins with the nottingham panthers um your thoughts i'm gonna be leaning very very much similar and unfortunately part of that is because um i've seen more video of uh brandon yeah um and he is definitely even when he seemed yeah his fitness didn't seem to be quite there but that whenever he first started playing for Sheffield, um, and he did get a bit of unfair scrutiny, um, but he didn't really help himself either. Then you know, and but now he looks like a changed man. Um, I think he deserves a call up. Um, when um, when we've seen him play um, recently in highlights and things, he's been he's been very good. And because um, you know we. Uh, have a bias because of uh, the sort of the whistle family having such a big connection with uh, Belfast. Mm. Um, you always keep an eye whenever you see him pop up, you know, it, you see it and sort of takes your attention a bit more. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be a, I think he will be a, a an ideal choice to make the next step. Um, what I would say is um, bringing it back a bit closer to home. Um, our own Mac Stewart, who's obviously a good few years off, get anywhere near the GB level, but um, have been 17, um, have been getting decent ice time with the Giants and has played 11 games for the Leeds Knights with uh, um, with an assist, you know, and it's still fairly early doors. Um, and it's uh, a testament to the um, sort of the dream that uh, Thorts had when he came in as uh, head of hockey operations to look at homegrown talent, and obviously the son of uh, Rob, Stewart or yeah. uh, Rob Stewart, our yeah. um, assistant coach. Um, you know he's from uh, you know solid hockey pedigree, um, and I think he's going to do really well in the years to come. Um, and hopefully he gets the time to to grow as a player. Yeah. Um, and then our was it. Um, BD, I forgot his first name. Uh, um, 
Cal? No. Cal. Cal Beatty? Cal Beatty? Yep. KBD, one of the two. Um, he, uh, a defenseman who's been playing for the for the Giants uh, on and off this year. Um, you know, it's it's obviously our well my teal uh, tinted spectacles, but the Giants, uh, Belfast and Northern Ireland for years struggled um, after the loss of uh, some of the veteran talent of uh, uh, Mark Morrison and uh, uh, Walton. Mm-hmm. Girl's name there for a second. <laughs> um, you know, it was uh, there was not really a huge influx of local talents and having to rely so much on uh, the mainland for that. And hopefully, like it's still early doors, but hopefully, these guys um, really do get the time they deserve and then can make um, uh, make that move. Yeah, I mean, we should note, obviously, um, you know. Uh, Jack, Hopkins, Jack, Jack Hopkins, um, you know, ha, is one of the players that has been named to the under 18s um, under 18s GB team, uh, Great Britain team for the World Champ- upcoming World Championships in 2022. But he is named on a team alongside four Belfast-born players uh, for that under 18s team this year. Obviously, you've already mentioned Max Church's one, um, Kel Beatty's the other. He's also on the team as well for the under 18s. But also the two twin brothers in Belfast, the Hamill brothers, Carter and Cameron. Oh yes, they've also been named to the under 18s World Championship team. So four Belfast players, four Belfast-born hockey players joining the under 18s world championship team gb hockey um championship team for me just feels like uh you know junior hockey or development hockey for for in belfast does seem to be starting to grow a bit strong and it's it's good to see there was a massive um shift i know that there was a lot of talk of that shift Mm. um with um thorts coming in and um he was over our development clubs as well as just as well as the giants which we didn't have before um and it, it has given i think the giants fans a bit more of appreciation for the junior game uh, i know it definitely has for me um i'd be more inclined now to to look at uh, the other leagues um to try and keep out for eyes for um local guys mm. just for that reason you know um and I think it's uh, there we go. I, find, I finally found his stats there on the prospects. There's twelve games for the Jets he's played with two assists um, for for Mac. Like mm. that's unreal. Yep. No, that's fantastic. And he's been he's been a he's been a great he's been a great watch um, this come this 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 past season. Um, and um, hopefully we'll we'll see um, a lot more to come from those junior players and a bit more some more ice time in the in years to come. Um, maybe those twin brothers will also join the Belfast. Uh, the Belfast group as well at some point in the near future too and we'll get to see those as well um Dave one last story and then we'll round off this episode um and this is just um well it's not a story but it's just I wanted to give a shout out really to um Dave Dave Sims um from Sheffield um not not usual we we talk about dave sims sometimes in a derogatory way sometimes or we criticize some of the things he's done in the past and some of the some of the things that maybe he said in the past but good, good friendly banter good friendly banter um at the end of the day you know dave you know does ha- it does do some some positive things for the community um and he has done a number of different charity organize charity uh, events over the past number of years um to raise significant amounts of money um and again this is doing another um raising another he's doing another sponsor uh sorry he's doing another round of sponsorship another uh, round of raising money um for the alzheimer's society 
um, which is a charity which is very close to my heart. Um, so I just wanted to give him a shout out for that. He is doing a sponsored walk in late March and he has raised, um, as obviously he had raised already, £1,200 towards that sponsorship. Um, his story is there and it's just given page and we will share that um, on our on our website as well as part of that and we'll, we'll tweet that out. Um, we should also mention as well and give a shout out to um, our friends, Team McLean, who are supporting Simsy um, by... I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, young Ethan has been doing a spot of um, pebble art or rock oh, art. Oh, I have seen these. These are class. Um, so he's been doing a bunch of them. Um, he done the team mascots there. I've seen those with each of the team mascots getting their getting immortalized in in pebbles and rocks. Um, they look brilliant, really, really good. Um, and you know, keep in mind this is Ethan doing this. You know, using his own using his own uh, muscle, yeah. using his own energy to put as much effort into this. And if anybody doesn't know who Ethan is, Ethan's obviously um, a young young, a young fan of the Belfast Giants and a friend of ours who has a, a rare condition that um, means that muscle degeneration, uh, muscle degenerative um, condition. And so anything, yeah, the amount of effort... In his hands and things exactly. So the, amount, the fact that he's putting so much effort into this really, you know... You should, you should be and they are them. fantastic They're brilliant um, they are amazing when he, whenever I've seen them I I 100% this is not me just picking it up I 100% somebody had done them for him and he was oh, you know, selling them or sending them out no, because they're all his they are fantastic it's just like another level oh they're brilliant and uh, he's done a special um be mine rock art uh which is obviously handmade by him and they are they have put it up for bidding uh the bidding on that will close on the 7th of february so if anybody is interested uh in bidding for that you've still got some time to do so and you can do that on uh just follow team mclean on twitter and you can put your bid in for what you want i think the current bid the top bid is 110 pounds um which is great so that's all going to go to simsy uh, as part of his sponsorship for alzheimer's society so just wanted to give that a bit of a shout out as before we ended the episode um okay dave um it's been a bit of a strange one um well yeah. it's well, we're under two hours <laughs> but we're still able to keep it going for an hour and a half but um yeah dave <laughs> it was a, a bit of a strange one um but hopefully next episode in two weeks time we will return to some form of normality with uh the other two faces back in the picture here and that'll be our episode just before we go off on our adventures in scotland for our double header so i'm sure we'll be talking about that and looking forward to that weekend um i am going to close off the episode by doing our usual so I just give a, a shout out to our website at door14hockey.com where you can check out um previous episodes look at the stories and old blogs that we have up there and um, you can also get in touch with us give us your stories tell us what's going on in the world of hockey share your thoughts and opinions um, you know, don't be afraid to let us know if we've got something wrong and correct us if we need to. Uh, you can do that on all of our social media channels, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Door14Hockey. Uh, wherever you're listening to us, be that on a podcast, uh, one of the podcast services, be that iTunes, Android, Apple, Apple, um, Google play whatever it is you're listening on um please give us a subscribe give us a like whatever that might be um leave us a review it helps um with uh, the algorithm or whatever it is or it helps us anyway kind of move up those channels um and if you want to and you want to see our beautiful faces you can check out our fi- our, our youtube channel um where you can see now a video version of the podcast uh, i think that is everything for this episode so with that what we'll just do is sign off for this week i'm marty and dave Have a great week.